Hello, everyone, and welcome to the May 3rd edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. The California Supreme Court denied Governor Schwarzenegger's request to combine lawsuits to speed up a final decision on whether the state can legally furlough more than 200,000 state employees. The suits are brought by public employee unions to challenge Schwarzenegger's right to furlough their members. The seven cases include three in Alameda County, where a judge has ruled the governor cannot furlough employees who are paid through fees and federal funds rather than the state's general fund. Schwarzenegger had asked the justices to combine the cases because they involve similar legal challenges to the governor's authority to require employees to take unpaid time off work. The justices did not give a reason for their decision. Meanwhile, the furloughs continue. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal upheld the award of Longshore and Harbor Workers Act benefits to an undocumented immigrant worker who was injured on the job as a pipe fitter. Here's what happened. In 2003, Mr. Rodriguez fell and injured himself while performing a welding job for Bollinger Shipyards. At the time, Rodriguez had been working as a pipe fitter for approximately eight months. He initially obtained employment after stating falsely that he was a U.S. citizen and providing a false Social Security number. After he was injured, the company paid some of his expenses and benefits, but then stopped when it was discovered that he was an undocumented immigrant. The primary question on appeal was whether an undocumented worker could be eligible for benefits under the federal act. The court held that the worker here was an employee within the meaning of the Longshore Harbor Workers Act and thus entitled to benefits. This federal decision allows the current law for workers' compensation benefits in the federal system to be similar to what we do here in California. And in legislative news, insurers are opposing two work comp measures now being considered by the California legislature. They complain that one bill would increase costs while the other would be an unnecessary interference in private contracts. They oppose AB 1994, which would establish a presumption that a hospital employee who develops a blood-borne infectious disease or a neck or back injury has a condition that is covered by work comp. They are also opposing AB 2490, which would require disputes between an employer and a workers' compensation insurer, including arbitration, to be resolved under the terms of California law and in a California venue and forum. Agreements affected by the bill are for large commercial accounts negotiated between sophisticated employers, often ones based in multiple states, and insurers often with the involvement of risk managers and other professionals. The bill is intended to address side PACs, known as insurance program agreements, that are not part of a form or endorsement approved by the insurance commissioner's office. Both AB 1994 and AB 2490 cleared the Assembly Insurance Committee and are now before the Assembly Appropriations Committee in Sacramento. And now our fraud report. 
an Auburn man who defrauded the federal government of work comp benefits was sentenced to 21 months in prison. Mark Anthony Carenti pleaded guilty to seven counts of making false statements to obtain federal workers' compensation benefits. Carenti was also ordered to pay the Department of Labor about $200,000 in restitution. Carenti received monthly disability benefits for a back injury he claimed as a civilian worker for the Department of Navy. Disabled employees receiving such benefits must regularly submit evidence attesting to the continuing validity of their claim. Carenti falsely claimed he was not involved in an income-producing enterprise and did not earn any income seven times between 2002 and 2008. It was later discovered that he owned and operated a boat and recreational vehicle storage business in Auburn. Having that income meant Carenti was ineligible for some or all of the workers' compensation benefits he was receiving. Carenti received more than $250,000 in benefits to which he was not entitled, according to the prosecution. And in medical news, the FDA is tightening rules on widely used infusion pumps that deliver drugs and other fluids, including pain medication, to patients. Hospitals use these pumps to deliver intravenous antibiotics, chemotherapy, and anesthesia drugs. The pumps are also seeing increasing use at home for patients who receive regular infusions of drugs such as insulin. The FDA cited an increase in the number and severity of problems with external infusion pumps. There have been over 56,000 reports of problems in the past five years, including more than 500 deaths associated with the devices. Under the draft guidelines, the FDA would require additional testing of the pumps before they go on the market. One problem frequently seen is key bounce, in which a number is entered into a keypad and is recorded as being hit more than once. That may cause the device to release too much medicine. Instead of responding to each set of problems manufacturer by manufacturer, the FDA wants to take an industry-wide approach. The FDA said it would hold a public meeting next month on its proposals before moving to make them final. The draft guidelines are effective until replaced by the final ones. Researchers hope to use the body's own heat messenger, which helps nerves feel pain, to design a new, safer class of painkillers. Researchers from the University of Texas Health Sciences Center at San Antonio are now working to develop either a pill that people could take to block the effects of these natural heat messengers or engineered immune system proteins called monoclonal antibodies that could be infused. Such an approach should work on any kind of pain caused by inflammation, such as arthritis, cancer, or injury. Most current painkillers mask pain but do not affect its source and have unwanted side effects. Narcotics or morphine are addictive and are deadly. 
Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as aspirin can cause deadly bleeding. Related drugs called COX-2 inhibitors sometimes cause heart problems. Acetaminophen can damage the liver. If this research is successful, the new breed of painkiller will circumvent these problems. And in other industry news, in 2009, the insurance commissioner issued a decision approving several changes to the experience modification rating formula for insured employers. These changes were proposed by the WCIRB at the recommendation of the Experience Rating Task Force and they took effect in January. The WCIRB conducted an analysis of the approximately 25,000 experience modifications that had been issued for the first quarter of 2010. The study showed that the impact of the experience rating formula changes was in line with WCIRB projections. Approximately 64% of experience rated policyholders are receiving a lower experience modification than would otherwise be the case as a result of these formula changes. The small percentage of policyholders experiencing larger increases are employers with worse than average underlying loss experience. Healthcare Solutions and Broadspire announced a technology-enabled durable medical equipment formulary that significantly lowers DME work comp costs. DME and supplies account for approximately 10% of workers' compensation annual medical spending. The formulary, which was developed using clinical protocols, can ensure appropriate DME utilization and mitigate the rising costs of medical equipment and supplies. During the first month of implementation, Broadspire clients realized, realized an average savings of 30% per DME transaction. As an added benefit, the technology reduces the workload of claims adjusters by streamlining the DME process and automating decisions based on customer-specific protocols. Pacific Compensation Insurance Company is the new name of Employers Direct Insurance Company. This new identity marks the insurer's transformation into an agency company. The company will now partner exclusively with independent agents and brokers to provide work comp coverage for California businesses. To assist its agent and broker partners in this endeavor, Pacific Comp has gone through an extensive internal transformation in which it has retooled its organization. Pacific Comp looks forward to building partnerships with independent agents and brokers. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Fols with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.